Hello everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Today it's one of our live shows that we have for you. have a, a, an amazing guest tonight, um, a, a, the author of a book called The Rainbow Bridge and tonight we're going to be talking all about inner peace and world peace. So uh, please welcome my guest, Mr. Brent uh, Hunter. How are you, Brent? Good. Thank you, Natalie. How are you? I am absolutely amazing. So um, inner peace and world peace, this sounds like quite a, a hefty subject that we're going to try and cover in 15 minutes, um, <laughs> but I'm sure that we'll do our best. But uh, before we get into that, why don't we start with uh, your journey and your background and how you got to, to writing this book and being such an authority on inner peace. Okay. Well, um, I think that the, uh, the important part is that uh, I was raised in a multicultural, multi-religious family. My, my mother was born and raised in Turkey and was 100% Muslim, so I'm half Muslim. My father was Jewish uh, and yet they raised uh, me and my two sisters as Christians. And so that was kind of confusing growing up. My father was also very interested in meditation and Zen Buddhism. So I was exposed to a lot of different uh, uh, religious traditions and uh, spent most of my life kind of figuring out what, what is religion all about. And so uh, the Rainbow Bridge illuminates the common ground in the world's major wisdom traditions. And uh, you know, part of it focuses on, on inner peace, this bridge to inner peace, and the other part focuses on uh, a bridge to world peace as well. Great. So you were exposed to this information as a child, I'm assuming. So you know, as a child, how did you apply what it is that you were learning, or what, when, when did you start actually putting all this together? Um, well, I, you know, I, I thought about it for many, many years, but it wasn't until uh, I ran an internet operation, it was an online community back in 1994, from 1994 until uh, 2001, and uh, that was, it was a multi-million dollar internet business, and it was uh, extremely challenging, and it was really through um, the experience of running this business and, and experiencing these incredible challenges, I was taking notes all along the way in terms of what was really important uh, to, to get me through those rough times. And after I um, shut down the park, the, the operation was called The Park. After I shut down The Park in 2001, I was meditating one day, I was looking at all my notes, and it just came to me that, that all of this information is actually common to all the world's major wisdom traditions, and that what I was looking at in all these notes was very, very important, and really the common ground that's found in all of them. And so that was when I had this major awakening experience that uh, one of the reasons why I'm here is to illuminate this common ground, uh, which is also known as universal principles. So these universal principles can be used uh, to, to help achieve, uh, one, uh, one can help uh, bring about a sense of inner peace and harmony by using these universal principles. And um, as I mentioned um, early on, the first edition of this book was published in 2001. So the, this fourth edition, which was published earlier this year, it's, it's 13 years in the making. And so I've been using universal principles. I've been living these universal principles uh, for 13 years now. And as a result of doing that and meditating, uh, the, the book continues to basically, you know, kind of um, new information is downloaded into, into me um, every day. And so this fourth edition represents a pretty significant upgrade since... Uh, not only since the previous edition, but all the other editions as well. Yeah, you, you, okay, so you've brought up quite a few things that I want to address. Uh, first of all is that I love the fact that you are focusing on what's common 
you know, and the, the common theme that runs through different religions rather than focusing on what makes them different. So can you tell us what some of those principles are? Sure, sure. Um, so there, there are 60 universal principles and uh, that, that are contained in the book and uh, some of them are, are things that, you know, when you hear about them you say, well, I already knew that. You know, but things like love and compassion and patience and understanding, um, all of those kinds of things that, that I think we, we traditionally think about when we think about religion and uh, you know, being kind and, 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 and so forth. But the other thing is that there's, there's a lot in here about the power of our mind because the power of our mind is really quite astonishing. I think it's way more powerful than we can even begin to imagine. So there's things in there about the power of intention, uh, the power of focus, um, using our mind, uh, envisioning whatever it is that we're trying to manifest, either individually or collectively. So those are, those are a few uh, of some of the universal principles that are in the Rainbow Bridge. Right. Okay. So, uh, so what you're talking about is not just because you know, for me, I I have no problem with what people's religious or spiritual beliefs are, uh, and I think that the purpose of, of religion and spirituality is really to help us, you know, morally have a, a compass on how to live life. Um, but uh, what you're also talking about there is that in a lot of these scriptures, they actually do uh, talk about you know things like using our minds to be able to manifest and and to uh, be able to influence the outcomes in our life. Isn't that like, isn't that unusual, or do you find that in every single all the religions that you've um, that you've studied? Uh, it's it's in all of the 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 religions, the major wisdom traditions. It's quite amazing, um, and, and yeah, and, and of course it makes sense because we all have a mind. We all you know have the ability of having an intention and having a desire and, and being able to visualize, um, and yeah, that's part of the common ground. Cool. All right, so uh, we're talking about inner peace and, and world peace. So what's, the what's your definition of inner peace? Inner peace is really about um, feeling a, a sense of, of tranquility and calmness uh, in, inside yourself, um, regardless of what's happening on the outside. So, of course, it's easier if, if, you're, if you're sitting in a, in a room that's quiet and, you know, you have maybe you have some incense and nice music, it's, it's easy to be... Uh, in a state of uh, inner inner calmness. Uh, what's really important is when you have all sorts of um, challenges going on around uh, around you on the outside, being being able to um, attain that state state of inner peace and, and remain calm no matter what's going on. So, so I don't actually have a, a definition for inner peace, but it it consists of of uh, you know, feeling calm, a sense of peacefulness and, and tranquility within one's own mind and heart and soul. Right. So, uh, so are there easy things that we can do when we find ourselves in a really, you know, um, stressful or very, you know, loud uh, circumstances or environment? Is there something easy that we can do that can help us to get present and to center ourselves? There are. There, there are a number of things, and um, I, the first thing that comes to me is to breathe. I, I know that that may sound like a like a cliche, but it's really true, and it's very, very powerful. Um, just being able to, um, whether your eyes are open or closed, sometimes it helps to just kind of close your eyes and, and, and uh, take some deep breaths. Um, so often we forget something as simple as that, but that's extremely powerful. Um, and the other thing is, is to, there, there are lots of different things you can do, uh, exercises, meditation techniques. Um, I think one of the most powerful ones is, is to recognize that when you're 
let's say you're you're meditating um, and you have some thoughts that are coming to you. Um, uh, to to not identify with those thoughts, not not uh, to to not sort of attach to those thoughts, um, and to to imagine that the thoughts are kind of like these clouds that are passing in the sky, um, because when we're able to do that, we we find that the thoughts that do come into our mind sometimes, which are thoughts that are producing stress and and uh, you know worry and um, concern. Uh, those thoughts can can literally come into our mind and float away. We can let them float away just like clouds, and that, of course, can help um, bring about a state of, uh, of of peace and calm. Absolutely. And there's a, many other <laughs> other things, but those are some of the ones that come to my mind right away. Exactly. I mean, I, I know when I'm in a particularly stressful situation, and maybe I've got a whole lot of things going on around me. I just put my hands on my heart center, and I do the same thing. I just close my eyes and I take a couple of really deep breaths, and just mm -hmm myself um, and what it does is it helps you to then move forward with any kind of challenge or anything that you're facing at the time in a more present manner in a more conscious manner I think um, yes. so it's really helpful for that now you're also talking about um, world peace so how do we how do we achieve that well <clears throat> that's a great question and uh, we, we have a very limited amount of time but um, the, f the first thing is that any conversation about world peace would be completely incomplete without talking about inner peace. It, everything starts within our own heart and mind and soul. And so I think that it's really important for anybody that's, that wants to have a better world and wants to have a peaceful, harmonious world to first and foremost do their homework on helping to do whatever you can in your own life to achieve this some kind of semblance of peace and harmony within yourself because otherwise if you don't have that then your outward actions in the world can actually produce a lot of um, uh, turmoil so so first is, is starting within one's own mind and life and then uh, in terms of peace in the world it has a lot to do with um, uh, the way that the world is set up today and the, the, the metaphor that I use is that of a computer system. A computer system has to have an operating system. The, the operating system, in, in the case of like a PC, the operating system would be like Windows. Um, Unix uh, is another type of operating system. Apple has you know, the, the, the Macintosh operating So computers have to have operating systems. And the purpose of the operating system is to ensure the uh, equitable distribution of the computer's resources. Um, and so programs then are able to share the computer's memory and to share the hard drive capacity and um, the, the CPU power and, and the hard drive and the peripherals and all of that. And so this is how we, we have um, computers that are kind of, you know, peacefully operating, you know, with multiple programs. Um, and if you didn't have an operating system in a computer, then any one kind of program could suck up all the resources. So the existence of a global operating system is very important. Now how that applies to our world is that we're living in a what may seem to be this gigantic enormous world but it's one planet and we are um, people that are connected by uh, by computer systems, communication systems, our financial systems, economic systems, communication systems, everything's completely interconnected and interdependent and yet we don't have a smoothly functioning global operating system so it's no surprise that we're having all the problems that we're having because without a smoothly functioning global operating system, any kind of program 
can come along and start sucking up the resources, whether it be oil, water, uh, you know, uh, precious metals, or, or anything. So we really need to have a smoothly functioning global operating system in the world. Now, when I talk about this, sometimes it evokes uh, fear and panic, like, what? what are you talking about? How could we possibly have, like, one world government? And, and I'm not saying exactly how this would look, but what I am pointing out is that, and I go into details in the Rainbow Bridge, um, about the, the number one, when you recognize we don't have a global operating system, a smoothly functioning one, um, then we, we're, we shouldn't really be surprised to see all the, all the problems that we have. So therefore, one of the fundamental tasks of our lifetime, I believe, is to figure out how are we going to create a smoothly functioning global operating system. Now, I do have the 14-point roadmap to world peace in there where I talk about specific concrete things that we can do and uh, one of the examples that I use in there is uh, uh, upgrading the United Nations. The United Nations is a really fabulous organization. It's not without its problems. It, it has, it has a, a number of issues that really need to be resolved. And yet, uh, in some ways, it really is the best system that we have in the world today for ensuring uh, global harmony. So we have to start there, and there's some very specific recommendations that I'm making uh, which were actually backed up, some of them were, were backed up by, by Einstein way back when the UN was actually formed. So that, that's one example, um, and there's a whole number of examples that I, that I talked about in the Rainbow Bridge in terms of uh, if we follow this 14-point roadmap, we will get very uh, much further, like light years closer to achieving peace and harmony in our lifetimes. Yeah, I, I love the fact you actually, the book is very comprehensive. Um, and uh, you've detailed all of those steps. And the thing is, there is no reason, if we set that intention, that we can't create world peace and create a system um, uh, under which we all live in a very, you know, uh, peaceful way. There's no way. There's no reason why, that we can't do that. So, um, so if people want to find out more about the book before we'll work with you or find out more about you, where can we send them, Brent? Well, they can go to therainbowbridge.org www.therainbowbridge.org. Okay, and uh, they can purchase the book there. What else is happening on that site? Yeah, they can they, they can purchase the book on Amazon, uh, on Barnes and Noble. It's available as a paperback, soon hardcover. Uh, it's available on Kindle and Nook. Um, uh, and there's some other elements on on the website. For example, you can you can get in contact with me. There are going to be future uh, features on the website which will facilitate people coming together and having conversation and dialogue. That's actually a, a different website um, called the Earth Communications Center. But if you just go to the rainbowbridge.org, uh, everything will be linked to from there. Wonderful, awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Brent. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, for anyone that's uh, you know looking to create some inner peace and world peace in their life, that make sure that you go to that website. And if you click on the banner to the side, there you'll go straight through to Brent's website from there. So thanks again, Brent. It's been an awesome pleasure having you here. Thank you, Natalie. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Now, guys, I encourage you to share this video, and you can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. Um, I also encourage you to download the app, the Inspiration Show app. Because now you can watch the shows on the go. You don't necessarily have to be in front of your computer anymore. And I also encourage you to leave your email in the box on this page because I would love to send you the Manifesting with the Masters video e-course. It's actually valued at $87 and I would love to send it to you for free. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously and love without limits. We'll see you soon.